Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza, and I'm really excited to speak with our guest today. Uh, he is a professional that his career expands over it spans over 40 years. It's diversified and compelling, and he developed some cutting-edge counseling programs to boot. So he's uh, in the space of an author, a clinical trainer, and a therapist. He's worked in settings that has included clinics for deaf children, prisons, nursing homes, substance abuse centers, inpatient facilities, and as the, he's the president of the Community Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania. And so all of that experience and hands-on experience has led to this book, the Fix Yourself Handbook. Um, we're going to learn so much about it because I, I think we are definitely on the same page. And as an intrinsic motivation listener, I'm sure you'll love to hear what our author has to talk about today. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Foss Brazero to the podcast. Welcome, Foss. Thanks, Hamza. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm glad you made it, and this is kind of tongue-in-cheek since we <laughs> had a little editing issues earlier, but since you're in Bangor, Pennsylvania, we all want to know, is it Eagles or Steelers since it's Sunday? Well, you know, as we said before, uh, the Steelers are having a heck of a year. Uh, everyone here is obviously going the other direction, but I think it's going to be a tough day for the Eagles. They really have to stop a <laughs> You know, defense off. They're just Pittsburgh's flicking on all cylinders this year. I like how we always talk about perspective is everything. And as the leader in the NFC East, and we've won all of our basement bowls, we may be able to go to the playoffs only winning like seven games. <laughs> if we get that far. <laughs> <laughs> that division, you might get there with five, the way it's going. Right? <laughs> I know. Usually that would be fighting words, but in 2020, you know, anything goes. <laughs> anything you can get this year, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's tongue-in-cheek that we're talking about that. You know, my, my background, um, at least in my youth, was in, Del in the Delaware Valley in South Jersey. So I always say fly, Eagles, fly. Even here in Atlanta, we have three bars, restaurants that are Eagles bars. So there's a lot of us down here. Hopefully they're open at least for now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I think um, as we roll up our sleeves in the in the podcast, you know, uh, how do we pivot so much in 2020? There's a lot of, uh, depending on who you ask, upheaval. And to some people, that is a, a huge understatement. But there are others that are thriving, and it feels like no matter where we are in history, that seems to be the case. There are some that will go away, and there are others that will thrive, and there are others still that will reinvent themselves to the new normal. And I wanted to get your take on the current state of affairs uh, outside of Bangor, Pennsylvania. You know, you said it yourself um... It's really a matter of perspective. The people that are, are, are thriving or at least making it through this are the ones that said, okay, I'm not going to work against myself here. You know, whether it's the virus, you know, you know, they're telling us what we have to do. We need to do that. 
in Pennsylvania here, we just got the the um, numbers for yesterday, and we had over 4,000 cases. Now, you know, mm-hmm. in the early going last March, it was you know we get 20, 25. They were a real concern. Now we're we're going to get to the point where we double those numbers eventually. So you know, we went out and we worked against ourselves all summer, and this is nationwide. You know, we went out, we partied, we we were, we were close to each other, we didn't wear masks, we did what we wanted to do. Now we're paying the price for that. And what I get concerned about is that it's not stopping. People are already planning Thanksgivings that are going to be, you know, 20 people in the same room, no masks. And, you know, gee, I wonder what's going to happen in, in the beginning of December, you know. So um, it, it's a matter of not working against yourself. And it's the same thing when we talk about all the, uh, the, the protests in the nation. You know, we got discrimination on all different kinds of levels, not just color. We have it with religion. We have it with age and sex and, and gender uh, the, across the board. And, you know, we really get it. We have to stop being scared of everything. We have to be able to embrace where we are, use the talents and the skills that we have. And there are many. We just have to be able to learn how to how to work with those, and we move forward then. Mm-hmm. And since you're in the you've been in the clinical setting, um, also. Oh, and I want to share this with you. Since you've uh, worked in clinics with deaf children, I just ordered some new masks, and these masks cover. I mean, they no longer cover my mouth, right? I mean, they cover my mouth, but it's kind of it's see through. And I never really even thought about it, but the Death, I mean, not that there's a lot, but there's more than we would think of deaf people that can no longer communicate because they can they can't read lips in public. I have a couple people. I have one fellow that's coming in, and he, he is deaf. He's an older person, and then actually, uh, he's a man now. He's in his 40s, but someone I had when he was 10 years old, and uh, and I saw him in a store, and we began to talk, and he had some residual hearing. He said, you know, I, I'm having trouble, and I said, so I we backed up for about. 15 feet and I pulled the mask down and then I said okay we talked a little bit and you know and I it's the first time I thought about it too not only deaf people people with hearing problems don't even know they're reading lips uh, mm. they've incorporated the brain adjusts and incorporated so yeah that's a real difficult you know, and they, they have a hard enough time as it is they're kind of you know out of the loop if you will and now we have them further out of the loop because they can't see what we're saying and the other side of it, which is funny, in my experience, right, I'm single, so um, I've noticed that if I wear a mask and I run into the opposite sex, we're reading each other's eyes, and then I'll, I'll usually let them determine. So if they pull down their mask, it's kind of like, oh, you, you've reached the next level of meeting me. It's interesting how how we adjust not only how the brain adjusts but how we adjust socially. Uh, I, I've had other people say that you know if they don't want to uh, talk, it's kind of a convenient thing now. We okay, well the masks on, I really got to go. But if they want to stay, they they may move back a foot or two, and they may pull the mask down, and they you know a, a social signal. I'm interested in taking this a little farther. So you know when you talk about new normal. These are all the things that happen in it. We 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 readjust and we start looking at different ways to get back to a. a position that we, we can operate in now the the second part of that when you're talking about the social signaling and and I want to get your I guess the clinical aspect of it is in 2020 there there is that um, I guess backlash and I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna stay very busy for the years to come about social isolation um, there in generations before uh, like like uh, if 
I'm originally from the Delaware Valley. I mean, we had generations of family that still live there. And now we're kind of spread out around the country. So if you're living by yourself and then what happened in 2020 happens, you're isolated. So I think there is some level of us wanting to buck the trends just because we're realizing how important it is to have that human interaction. And there's no doubt about that. You know, when the uh, the virus hit, you know, we we thought it was going to be relatively temporary, or it might be a few months. We didn't we didn't understand anything about a pandemic. Now we're we've been through it, and and there's been loss, and there's been all the things that have happened with the virus, and we're going to go do it again. And we we desperately want to get close to people. And you're right, and that, that's part of the reason why we went out and did what we did. Um, but, you know, again, what we have to do is adjust that and uh, determine some other ways. And there are ways, if you really think about it, there are ways to I'm, – I'm when we're done here, I'm going to be going with some uh, – meeting some uh, family, uh, my uh, wife's um, uh, brother, and, uh, brother and sister coming in. And we're going we're gonna to stand far enough apart, but we're going to spend, you know, a couple hours just talking because we haven't seen each other in several months. So mm-hmm. there are ways to do it. That's the key. Uh, if you buck it and say, well, I've got to go back and, I gotta, and I'm going to do this because I miss this, and you do it in the ways that's gonna, that are, that are going to hurt us, well, we're just going to prolong this thing. But we can be creative, and we, we just can't do it. The way, you know, we're not, we're not going to hug. We're not going to have those embraces and all that close stuff, but we can certainly have contact. Let me ask you this. Since you, you deal with children, you also deal with adults, and as it relates to 2020. And uh, I'll give you an example for us. In my immediate family, uh, like others, the family reunion was canceled. And so we, we pushed it back till next year. But I was speaking to some distant cousins, and their immediate family looked at it from a historical standpoint. They said, well, in 1918 when this happened, it roughly lasted about two years. So our family reunion is going to be in 2022. And the reason why I pose that to you, since you deal with uh, all walks of life, is is it better to treat us as adults and say this is what it is, there's so many unknowns, and this is the long-range plan? Or do we treat everyone like children and say, oh, it'll be over in two weeks, and then two weeks pass, oh, four weeks, and we keep playing Charlie Brown and Lucy with the, with the football? You know just did an interview with someone the other day and they asked almost the same question and I said the answer is absolutely we got to go the adult route if nothing else we're training those little minds around us what they're going to watch what we're doing and whether it has to do with the virus or it has to do with the way we treat each other as people or it has to do with the election whatever it is you know what what they see is us and it, 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 you know they hear us they they watch us behave they watch uh, you know that's what young people do they look and they and they, and they're learning they're like sponges so we've really got to be taking the adult view on this and and bear down a little bit work with the facts you know the facts tell the facts always point us in the direction of the solution we've got to put the facts together and just do that it may make us feel uncomfortable but it's really not killing us you know mm-hmm. it, it's it, you know, we don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like it the way you know, the way we don't like it. So, so we we try to get it back. That's what the our brains are designed to make us feel comfortable. So, you know, it's always about in our minds about going to, in the direction of comfort. But sometimes that comfort's gonna have to be prolonged so that we can survive long enough to get to the next comfort zone. 
and so mm-hmm. on. I, and I always tell people, if you're making decisions, make them with that little one in mind. What's that person watching me do? Because mm-hmm. that, you know, we don't like when our kids get older and they and and they're they're doing things that uh, we you know that we think are wrong, but we were their teachers. Mm, that was a I think an '80s commercial. Where'd you learn to do that? I learned it from you, yeah. Dad. <laughs> right. Don't smoke while while you got the cigarette in your hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to stay in the same vein, right? With the um, since you're dealing with the whole range and we're talking about children. Uh, how important are words? You said, you know, this is killing me, and on some level it is. But, you know, we, we use uh, hyperbole so much that children, I mean, not just children, it's kind of hard to understand what people are saying. Like, oh, I'm in traffic, this is killing me. And like you said, if you're thinking about the children in mind, how important is it, how important is it with phrasing and using our words? You know, I have a whole chapter in the book on language. And, and, the, and the book is written in so that it's only three or four pages. All the chapters are that, and, the, and then I give the advice at the end. But I have what I call language reciprocity, and what I'm talking about is that there are two types of language. We we talk to, we, we use language to communicate, but we also use it to think. So not only does it express what we uh, what we'd like it to express it has a tendency to mold how we think. So when we're in traffic and we're saying, this is killing me, uh, or we're, oh, this virus, I hate it, I don't want to do this, all that negative stuff we talk about internally, we, we hear ourselves saying that, and there's no one to tell us otherwise. So what we say internally is usually what we do externally, and then that language is heard by other people. And you know, so now we, we have the second phase of it. Okay, now they're hearing me talk in this either negative or positive fashion. You know, and we train our brains to either be positive or negative. So I always tell people, start with the way you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself, I'm not, I'm not just saying positive things. I'm saying be solution-oriented in your thinking. Um, be, be able to adjust to what's going on and be able to say, okay, I'm in traffic. Uh, I'm, it could be a half hour. It could be an hour. I really want to get to where I have to go, but this is where it is. I can make this okay, put the music on, relax, uh, and just get myself through it, or I can be, you know, banging the steering wheel and hitting the horn and cursing at people. And I, I have choices. So it, I, it's always go with the positive language internally, bring it ex- and bring it out externally then. Now, for internally versus external, I guess that's the eternal battle. And so an, another word I want to ask you about is the word war. And so I'm in my 40s. I remember the war on drugs, the war on blank, the war on that. And it seems like with that word, anything associated with it, it didn't work. So like the war on drugs, it's probably the biggest it's ever been. And I guess I'm saying that as Oregon just legalized all hard everything. uh, everything. (laughs) Right. So how important is it with, uh, I guess, keeping your center, like you just said, the, the battle with the internal, uh, external, but the you're turning on this mass media or your phone, um, they may have a different message that is uh, contrary to what you're trying to achieve. Well, again, you know, that, that that's negative stuff, that the, the war on this, the war on that, you know. We always think we have to fight some kind of battle. All we have to do is put together a plan and move forward with it. Um, you know, so, so anytime you get into you tell yourself you're going to battle with someone, you've already started from the beginning saying this is going to be difficult. It's going to be the mm-hmm. war. 
you know, it, it's not. If you think we can do anything we want to do if, if we put together a viable plan for it. You know, mm-hmm. you use Oregon as an example. They've decided, well, you know, if we do that, we'll, um, we'll, we'll cut down on, um, on crime and we'll cut down on, uh, on uh, you know, dirty needles and all those, those kinds of things. And, and that's great, but it's a bit limited thinking when you think about we're going to have an extreme addiction problem. You know, mm. it's going to happen. And they've decided that, they're, you know, they'll do what many states are doing. They're, they're going to tax the heck out of the, the drug sales. You can buy all this stuff. The, the state makes a lot of money. Then they're going to put some of that money back into rehab facilities. And that's what they're saying in, in Oregon. And I said, gee, that's kind of scary because a lot of people are going to die and families are going to be decimated through this. But it'll be legal and people will make money. Hmm. And, and since you've worked with the substance abuse centers, I guess the next question that that I that I'm thinking of is the movie Where to Bomb Where to Invade Next. Did you see that documentary? I didn't. Yeah, so I mean I'm about to say the name which could trigger you, but so Michael Moore, he did uh this documentary a couple of years ago and you know, as a person that does documentaries, uh he phrased it as the US has lost a lot of war since World War Two. And they wanted to come to him and find out, you know, what can we do? And so they're like, where do we invade next? And he took it to as, you know, where do we go around the globe and take what other countries are using and bring it back home? And so uh, it, it's real. I think you'll like it from an ob- objective standpoint, just another viewpoint. But uh, he covered, uh, as we were talking about substance abuse, uh, some of these countries in Europe, everything is legalized. And they found that there was initially that rush, like, uh, I guess, Christmas morning for kids, like, yes, oh, my goodness, all the drugs I want. And then it kind of teetered out because it wasn't the whole – uh, taboo thing, or it wasn't. Um, I think people are more educated about long-term abuse, and it, it's it, the crime went down and all that. So I'm just bringing it up because it's so new for Oregon, and I don't know. I don't do hard drugs, but I'm just trying to imagine for the big picture, is it better, and would that be like the the template for the rest of the country? You know, again, you some of it will be better. Uh, you're not going to have the crime. You'll have cleaner conditions, more control over what's going to happen. But no one really knows where it's going to go in terms of addiction because the hard drugs, you have some of your recreational people, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll snort heroin at once a month or use cocaine on a weekend or something. Uh, and then you have the other people that can't stop and they lose everything. And those are the concerns that I have. Those are the people obviously I'll, I'll see in the office. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not seeing a whole lot of the weekend warriors. I'm seeing the ones that are losing marriages, and you know, and you know, I think I have three people I put in in rehabs in the past four weeks, something like that. So you know, mm-hmm. those are the concerns and how we're going to deal with that. And that's what I go back to what I said before. It's not do we legalize all the drugs or not. It's what is the plan and how are we going to cover all the bases. And I mm-hmm. just think in this country we have a tendency to go so fast. Mm-hmm. And we don't pull back and say, well, wait a minute, what about this piece and this piece? Now, that doesn't mean you can't do it. That just means that we have to figure out how we're going to cover those things that we haven't thought about. So, you know, mm-hmm. you can talk about drugs or you can talk about uh, bringing uh, people into the country, you know, from Syria, those kind of places. We can do a lot of these things, but how do we do it? We've got to sit down and put an entire plan together, cover all the bases, and then move forward on something. And that's what we have a tendency not to do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not. We're a relatively uh, young country, so I guess it's a, a lot of short-sightedness. And mm-hmm. uh, and with that, since you're on the front lines, uh, you know some some other conversations that I've had, and we talked earlier about the the social isolation. Uh, but the other aspect is, or that that is um, questioned, is would addiction go up because they're not being treated? Are you seeing that on the front lines of not being able to cope, and so they're they're going back to that uh, dangerous comfort zone? Well, that's part of it. The other part of it is we have all this social isolation, and what a lot of people are doing is they're using substances to cope. You know, alcohol mm-hmm. sales are way up, and pot, mm-hmm. and then and then we're getting the other drugs. And so now, what's happening is they're isolating and using greater amounts of drugs, and then not getting any help. Now, you know, or it's way down the road by the time they they're trying to get the help. And we have a whole lot of work to do. Um, when you put isolation and substance abuse together, boy, that's a, just a real dangerous combination. Mm. And, and forgive me because I know we're talking a lot about symptoms. You kind of you kind of wash through that, so I, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. And uh, earlier I was talking about um, attraction or law of attraction, if you will, and the way I had posed it initially, or what sound to me, I guess as a single person, is oh oh who is she and what do I do? What do I have to do to meet her? But what I've also found in, in 2020 that um, meeting business owners, you know, men and female, that are not – they don't have that negative outlook. They're, they're actually thriving, and they're, they're ha- they have – it seems like they have something that the others do not have. And they're humble. They're not in your face about it, but it resonates so deeply. So let's switch from going to symptoms to – finding out what's the best path to uh, changing your internal life. You just brought up exactly what my entire book is all about, and, and, and it's about getting strong inside. What, what, you know, and, and, I, and, again, I also have a chapter when we get to the love and all that kinds of stuff that in the latter part of the book um, where I, I tell people if you are looking to get someone to complete you, stop. It's, it's never going to work. If you're trying to impress someone, you know, we do that, that, that peacock dance before we, as we meet someone, but, you know, eventually the feathers go down because you can't maintain that energy level that, that, that long. Uh, what I say is just get strong on the inside. St- be comfortable with who you are. Get to a balanced place where you're not overly emotional and not full of conflict and trying to make things happen. The more you try to force a relationship, the worse it becomes. Just be comfortable in your, with who you are and just bring that to the situation. And those are the people you're talking about. They're humble. Uh, they're not bragging about anything. They're not trying to impress you because they themselves are comfortable inside. They're just bringing that to you, and then you get that, and you say, boy, this feels nice being around that person. And if two people are doing that, you have the makings for a really nice relationship. Mm-hmm. So are a lot of people angry with you, Faust? Because when you said you don't complete me, I'm thinking, what is it, Hallmark and all those channels are yeah. going to go away. <laughs> you You've know, just Hallmark, broken up their business plan. Me, I think. <laughs> I'll, I'll be getting a, you know, Hallmark mail that says you're killing our, our bottom line here. You know? <laughs> And I'll just get back to them and say, no, just rewrite your cards. But <laughs> bottom line, 
bottom line is, again, why, why would you want to have a relationship that is so fragile that you depend on another person to make you feel good? And that's what we do. Uh, and when the other person doesn't come through, we get angry or we, we pull back or we go try to find someone else. I just say, be who, you, be whole, be who you are, feel good about yourself, be able to meet someone and say, if this works out, that's great. If it doesn't tonight, maybe I made a new friend or I just had a really nice experience that, you know, w- was nice for the evening, but I don't know that I want to go forward. And it also d- depends on where you are in your life. Are you looking to, to, uh, to, to build a long-term relationship or are you just going out and having some fun uh, or you don't care either way? I mean, it depends where your perspective is. But I always say, regardless I don't care if it's falling in love or it's putting a new business together or or trying some new things in your life the stronger you are and the more confident you feel uh, that translates into how successful you're going to be and how good you're going to feel about it so it's always about being strong on the inside Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't think I didn't wake up this morning think I was thinking I was going to talk about Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I bring that out in people. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, let me put an asterisk in the next question. So the the next question is uh, with regard to that because you said that if 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 I'm not that person's not meeting my needs, I'm leaving. And so the 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 generalization, hence the asterisk, is there's 50 percent divorce rate but over 60% of those divorces are initiated by women. So we're both on two different pages of how we see things, and you cover the topic of love a lot, but it sounds like we have two very different uh, definitions of it. I'm not so sure the definition is different. The expression is what's different. Bottom mm. line, core, 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 our core from person to person, pretty much says the same. We're all looking for a lot of the same things. We express it a bit differently, but really it's pretty much the same. You know, and I tell, I've always said to people, if, if you go out and you meet someone and you had a great time, but it's not the person that you want to keep moving forward with, maybe there's other things you're going to get from that person. Maybe it's going to be a friend. Maybe you're going to, um, from time to time, see that person and, and maybe go out, or, or it just becomes a, friend, a, a social friend or part of your network in some way. Doesn't, just because it didn't go the direction you planned, you know, your expectations weren't satisfied, it doesn't mean that person can't be in some way, shape, or form some part of your life. So it's, I always, again, I say go into it with an open mind. Go into it without with saying I'm just, I, if it's me, I'm saying I'm just going out and having a nice time this evening. Wherever it goes, it goes, and I'll see where it goes as the evening progresses. If I think I want to, you know, drop the mask and, so to speak, as you were saying before, and see her again, I may do that. And if it's not that type of situation, maybe I just made a friend that evening or, or, or you know, I meet other people through that person. I mean, there's no reason to discard them. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you a question about connection. And so if we're all connected on, on some level, since we're all human, and you said that it doesn't work out the way I wanted it to, there were, I would like to say, a whole globe of people on December 31st, 2019, that had plans and things didn't go as planned. So how much is there a percentage, if you will, of our plans not going that way in a higher order of what we're actually here to do? 
you know, and, and I, I talk about those, those expectations as destinations in the book. You know, I want this, when it gets there, I want it to be this way. Or I'll just be, I'll be a lot happier when I get there. And we mm-hmm. always have this. Thing. But, you know, there's usually a lot of time between now and when I get there. So things can change drastically. And I've always preached, be happy with the journey that's your life, moment to moment, day to day. If you can mm-hmm. do that, you'll get to those those. Uh, destinations you want and when you get there you're going to be much more happy with it because you're happy with your life and the person that you are but you know when i hear people say you know the bucket list kind of stuff when i hear people say i want this or i want it to go that way i'm usually seeing unhappy people they're looking for quick fixes or some type of you know magical destination that's going to make their life better and they're expecting to see it when they get there well almost all the time it's not the same way we expected it you know, the universe just doesn't hear what we say and say, my God, yes, get that guy, that stuff. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, let me ask you right? this, too. I mean, it'd be wonderful. You, you, put, you put your order in and get what you want, but it's not going to happen. Well, what if, what if it does? Like, let's just say, I mean, on a small scale. And where I'm going with this is um, the, I guess, a, a, another perception. If it's too easy, it wasn't worth it. Right. So if you're asking for things, and, and, and sometimes the universe, that's all you're asking for? Like, is that a self-worth issue? Or you're like, when you said a destination, you have no idea. I'll be happy when I'm a millionaire. But what about two or three or four? And the universe is like, that's all you're asking for? So how do you determine, is that, first of all, is that a self-worth worth question? And if it is, how do you move beyond that? It's always a self-worth question. You know, I, I, I just did a, uh, an interview with someone who was talking about millennials, and they want things right away is what he said. And, and to some extent that's the case. But what, what really it is, and using that as, as just as an example, we don't teach the processes of acquisition. We don't teach people how to get from point A to point B. We, we tell them what point B can look like. And we want it, but there, there's an acquisition process. There's all the steps, the little steps that we take to get from one point to another. And A, we're not patient enough, and B, we're not confident enough to say, well, let me do all those things. Because really, if you do the work, almost always you get to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. We don't like the work, and we're not confident about our abilities to get there, so we dream, and we play the lottery, and we do all those kinds of things instead. But really... It, once we get strong and we, we know who we are, to answer your question, the magnitude of our uh, accomplishment, it, it just it increases tenfold because we are now, we, we know how to acquire things. We know how to go inside ourselves and get those things. And that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. And you can do anything you want to do, but you, gotta, you have to be able to learn how to make it happen. And you've got to learn about yourself first. It's interesting that you said processes of acquisition, and I'm in the in the tech space, so it, may, it may, immediately made me think of artificial intelligence, and it also made me think of YouTube. So from a, a YouTube example from that algorithm or their machine learning, if someone sees an hour video, right, they're like, oh, I don't have time to watch, right? And, and for me, I, I'm watching in 2X, so, you know, I'll probably get a little further along, but the um, if, if they see shorter videos and it's short and quick, you know the the algorithm rewards you for that. And 
um, just thinking when you talked about processes of acquisition, um, it, you talk about the process way of life, it's 52 internal processes. So when, somebody, when you talk to someone and you lay out that process, is it 52 for every week there's a new process, or do people just automatically balk like that's too hard? You know, that whole question you just asked is it really uh, tells you how I designed the book. I, I looked and said, "Man, we're not we're not lo- learning the long approach anymore. We're not. You know, mm-hmm. people don't want to read the the fifty page chapter that goes through things over and over again. It's more like microwave learning today, is what I call it. And mm-hmm. um, so when I wrote the book, I wrote it all the chapters uh, in in three to five pages." Presented mm-hmm. the topic, gave all the information in about three pages, and then I tell them exactly, here are the exact steps you have to take. If you take those, you're going to acquire the processes. Um, so, uh, But what I did, instead of just making it a short presentation, there are 36 chapters. So they're going to they're gonna read a lot. There's a lot of work to do, but if they can take it one chapter at a time, it doesn't take long to read four or five pages and mm-hmm. then go right to the end and say, you have to do this. So the learning is different today than it used to be. You are right, right on the mark. And, you know, mm-hmm. algorithm is, is the neat word to use because it, it, what, what it does, we, so, yeah, I want to get that. And someone says, well, let me write this, and then you can get that, and you can get it quick. And that's what mm-hmm. we all want. But there, there is a process of learning. Even the guy that wrote the algorithm had to learn a process so he could write that algorithm. Mm-hmm. You know, so we hmm. want to teach people Okay, great. You can use all these these short approaches. That's where that's where the society's going. That's where technology is going to take us. But in the meantime, there are certainly ways you can you can uh, you can use to develop the processes. And those who develop the processes get ahead. You know, if you're the user of the algorithm, that's great. It went fast. But if you're the developer of the ag- algorithm and you can do that over over and over again, you make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Yeah. You, you're either the guy that does it or the guy that uses it. And if you want to be the guy that learns the processes and then applies them to your to, to making your life better, then you become the person with all the skills and all the tools. Mm-hmm. And that's the one everyone wants. They don't want the person who watches YouTube films. Everybody does that. They want the ones that develop YouTube films that can teach other people. Those are the people that, and again, that those are process people. I love it. I love it. So, okay, so earlier this year, uh, you know, we had a lot of upheaval, and one of which was uh, the initial statement that universities are going to close for the first time, namely Harvard. And so when that announcement was made, there was a lot of kicking up uh, dust, if you will, and they kept the school open. So we come to find out that the foreign national students pay in cash the full tuition and the americans you know go by semester or by year and so it seems like outside of our four walls that the greater global society is working on processes so how can we become more competitive because it's showing that the short-sightedness is leaving us behind. Now, you made that statement a while back, we're a young country. And uh, this young country, more than any other young country, has developed during the information processing times. You know, we, we are a modern 
young country as opposed to the others that had to learn processes you know mm-hmm. they had to you know the, the the old nothing was there you know black and white televisions if they had televisions they even got to the point where you know they used to listen to radio so they really had to work processes just to be able to get through their days we are we live in a, a world of convenience you know we don't go to an outhouse uh, you know it, when it's 5 degrees out and it's 20 you know 20 yards from the house we just mm-hmm. walk in the in the bathroom and away we go. Uh, that's ev- and and that's kind of how we define everything. So that how, how do we get there? That's a personal decision. It's it's really about how successful you want to be. It's about how confident you want to be. It's about how happy you want to be. And uh, when 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 you rely on everything from outside, and that's really what we're talking about. All this this way we do things is relying from. Uh, everything outside of ourselves, then we, we can't develop processes. We can't uh, learn how to do things for ourselves. So we're de- we become dependent people, and that's what's happened. And really what I'm talking about is learning how to become independent, learning how to becoming strong inside. And it's, it's not hard. Everything we have is already in there. We just got to go get it. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you about, uh, since we were talking about algorithms, and thanks for uh, following along with that. I appreciate it. Uh, one thing that I, I really enjoyed was a, another uh, documentary. It was called The Social Dilemma, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you're familiar with that one. No, I'm not. Okay, so it's on Netflix, and and they were talking about – Oh, that's a uh, new social... one, right? Yes, it's a relative yes, – I, I know what came you're out talking like about. A couple months ago. Right, yeah, I saw okay. It. Okay, now I, now I know what you're talking about. Perfect. And so when the reason why I bring it up because uh, again when we're talking about algorithms and as a consumer right their job is to keep us on those platforms. And so if their job is to keep us on their platforms they're going to feed us what we already know. And when you're talking about these processes of acquisition and in my experience, I'll use the, the experience of, in my day. <laughs> so in my day for college, you did it was a luck of the draw. You didn't know who your roommate was going to be in the dorm or you know your apartment. Now you can use social media. You know all about your roommate, and, and your parents or yourself may choose not to have that person. But for me, having that luck of the draw, I would have. I've met somebody that I never would have, and they added to, I guess, my life experience. Now it seems like with Social Dilemma and the way um, we're set up that we are going to miss – there's going to be a lot of blind spots just because we're not aware of them. Absolutely. You, know, you take that example, and what you, you were saying, you know, uh, uh, you can now pick your roommate, and uh, if you didn't like that person or something about them, you push them aside. And I said, wow, you know, you, you, we're, we're keeping all this sameness in our lives. We like that, and we just saw that with the election. You don't vote the way I vote. I don't like you, or I'm going to stay away from you. But those are the people that add all the color. Those are the people that come into our lives, and, they, and it's color and texture and all those things that we never saw before, and we integrate that into, into, into our perspective, and it, it enhances who we are. And we're, we're missing some of that with all the sameness. And I can see why they write those algorithms, because people keep coming back then. It's a comfort zone. It's, not, it's non-challenging. But the challenges are, you know, that little uncomfort, uh, uncomfortable place for a while. That's what really helps us grow and really makes us become confident and enjoy our lives. So, you know, I'll take the unknown roommate and see what I can get. Mm-hmm. 
in 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 2020, right? There, some people are saying it's perfect vision, right? Uh, the other way, other perception is it's a reset. And so we, we've covered a lot of, you know, uh, determining internal versus external, but if it's a reset and I'm starting all over, what is the first step that I would need to take as a part of the Fix Yourself Handbook? You know, all the terminology, it, it's a new normal, it's a reset, it's all this kind of stuff. What I'm telling people is, just stay with the person you are. Make that your foundation. You, you're not, you know, you're not turning it off and starting all over. This isn't, you know, uh, turn off your computer and Windows is going to give you a whole new update. This is still you. Stay, stay true to who yourself, to who you are, and then now look at what's going on and see where you have to make some changes. But don't lose yourself in this. Don't think that you've got to remake the entire human being. Because first of all, that's impossible. You know, there's enough that, that's already imprinted. You're not, going to re, you're not going to reboot. But what you're going to do is take who you are and make some adjustments. Don't fight the process. Look at the new things and see how you're going to integrate those in your life. But, but, but by all means, you know, this is, it's, it's, new, it's some new territory. But it's not mm-hmm. this three-headed monster. It's just, it's just some changes that you have to adjust to. And, and mm-hmm. you're capable by all means. The people that you talked about, you know, before, you said, gee, you know, they seem to be confident, those small business owners. They looked at it and said, well, whatever happens here, I'm going to work with it, and I'm, you know, I'm going to make some changes. And they did that. They didn't get, they didn't, you know, get overly emotional and lose themselves and say, what, my God, what am I going to do here now? They looked at it and said, all right, I'm going to, I am just going to pull back a little bit, look at the facts, and then I'm going to implement some new things in my life. And and I'm and again, implement is the word, not change. My life, just implement new things, and then the change will take place. From that, I'll, I'll be able to have control over what I'm doing. Now, what what we're seeing, I want to ask about your backyard. So, in California and New York, we're seeing um, significant changes happening. One of which uh, was. Uh, Elon Musk and his battle with the governor about opening the opening the state so he can keep his business going, and there's been this exodus, right? Like a lot of people going to Texas and other places around the country. Uh, businesses are finding they don't need to pay that high corporate real estate bill anymore because people are working remotely. And now I am t- embarking on working internally. And so now it's 2021, everything looks different to me, and the spouse that I'm with or the friends that I'm with, they're no longer around. That sounds scary. So uh, is that normal, or should we be comfortable feeling uncomfortable? Two things. Uh, that's not as different. It, it, it's everything's under a microscope. It's, ha- it's happening more often, and, and the scope is certainly greater. But we just re- we're reacting with fear to so much of it. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable. I talk about that in the book. There is growth in the uncomfortable part. The brain adapts to that. Uh, it, it has a thing called a, a reaction formation in the brain. And what it does is it says, okay, I'm comfortable, but I'm going to make a new comfort zone. Brain always goes to make a new comfort zone. So we're going to be uncomfortable for a while. That's a process. It's just like if you're, you decide you wanted to work out and you're, you, know, you never did this and 
couldn't do a push-up if your life depended on it. Well, you start, and maybe it takes you a week, you get one out, and then there are two and there's three, and you're uncomfortable and your shoulders hurt, and then the next thing you know, I can do 10. I can do 20 because you work hard, you stuck with it, and what was uncomfortable has now not only become comfortable, it puts you in a position to challenge yourself to do even better. That's how powerful the human mind is if we allow it to be. We've got to stop mm-hmm. talking ourselves out of this stuff and, and, and avoiding a little bit of discomfort. That's where the growth is. It's where we're going to find all our confidence. Thanks for that. I do want to echo that, that sentiment because I did put away the, the uh, wings and I've done 10 to 20 push-ups. So when the Eagles call, I'll be ready to suit up. And I'm just going to, when we hang up, I'm going to actually call them and let them know you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) We might get to those seven wins. (laughs) (laughs) They need to be growth and the uncomfortable. Call Hamza. (laughs) (laughs) I I do want to ask you about, uh, we were talking about algorithms and and, and short-sightedness or the way that you've you've worked the process to uh, meet people where they are. And one thing that I definitely want to, you know, give you kudos for is giving you excerpt or for you uh, providing excerpts about your book before they even buy it. So what's the, what, I wanted to get your take on, um, I know it as micro corp commitments. So it's like a uh, first date. If I get the first, you know, I don't want to say first date. <laughs> you can't say that in 2020, but uh, if, you know, you want to go to the next level, there's these micro uh, commitments. And so was that the thought process behind the book as well as let me give them a little bit of this excerpt and then they'll get comfortable with my writing style to buy the book? No, actually it wasn't. Um, there are two parts on the, on my website. One is, is that where the excerpts are provided so they can see that. And they can see whether they like it is what I was concerned. And then the other part, I have all the chapters. I have a chapter outline where they can see all 36 chapters. And there's a, a, a nice paragraph that says, here, here's what's going to be covered in, every, in the book. Uh, again, you want to be comfortable enough about what you're doing. I'm comfortable with what I wrote. I know it's going to help people. There's no doubt about that. It has already. I want them to be able to look at that and see that it can work for them and feel good about it. So I, it's really my way of saying, here, here's what it's all about. You decide for yourself. I'm not going to try to market you into anything. Uh, here it is. The, the book is, you know, the pages are open. Look at it. See if you like it. If you think you like it, purchase it. If you don't, then you may not feel it's for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last question, I want to, there seems to be patterns in history. And um, it's interesting to recognize the pattern. And so, um, in my previous life, I was in corporate, and, and this was the early 2000s, and one of the experts, uh, I was in re, uh, design, architecture design, so we did research labs. And so uh, one of the experts that used to be a, a road warrior with me on the plane every day, he was there because he, had, he was set to retire, and his portfolio was – flamed because of the dot-com crash. And in 2020, we have a lot of our we're, – we're going into the holiday season. You alluded to it a little bit earlier. But we're going into the holiday season, and we have our, our grands and our great-grands that may be home alone or in nursing homes. Uh, what 
would you suggest to uh, what, what's can, how can we include them if they they cannot be with the, the family like they usually are? You know, you, you, we have technology. We can we can do the uh, the Zoom and Skype things if we want to. Um, sometimes, depending on, I have, I have a fellow coming in, and and what he did, he took he took advantage of you know of of halls not being re- rented and rented a hall for his family, but it's a huge place, so they're going to mm. go in there and they're going to social distance and all be together. Mm. He he did it that way. If if we use our creativity, we can we can still see people over the holidays, but we try to adhere. To the limitations so that we don't spread the virus and we don't get sick ourselves but but there's always a way to do something I, I get concerned when people say well I can't and I say well did you look at all the possible alternatives mm-hmm. the problem is it's not the one you want so then you, you, you kind of got angry you're throwing a little hissy fit here uh, mm-hmm. let's get away from that okay you know you're either going to violate the, the principles, and you're going to and you're going to do this anyway, and you're going to take the the risk of spreading this whole thing again among people you love, or you're going to say, "Let me see how I can do this in a different way." It's not going to be the way I want it to. We're not going to have that Christmas where you know we're we're chugging the eggnog and we're having a great time, and everybody's hugging, and then we sit down full bellies and we watch a movie. It, it's not going to be that. But mm-hmm. what can it be? You know, and you just might build something that has a really, you know, a lasting historical perspective for your family. Remember back in in 2020 when we did that and we survived it, and we we didn't think we were going to have a good time, and geez, we did. You know, mm-hmm. we're able to do those things if we give ourselves a chance. I, I like that you you said that because um, when it, it's not usually talked about, but putting yourself in the future tense that it's already passed and you're successful, you have a yeah. successful outcome. That's huge. It is huge. And, and, you know, people get so apprehensive and so nervous about what's going to happen. And it could be something simple, like I'm going to the party and all these people are going to be there and I'm nervous about what I'm looking like. or what. And then I get there and I had a wonderful time and I come out and I say, why in the world was I worried about all this? Give mm-hmm. yourself enough credit to know that in any situation you are capable of performing there and having a good time and stop telling yourself you can't. Mm. And when you say that you can't, it sounds like you, you're you not loving yourself. And in, in your book, you do uh, dedicate a, a huge portion talking about love in the different states. Can you talk about the states that we go through to ultimately achieve love? Yeah, absolutely. And again, you're talking about processes. You're talking about getting comfortable with yourself. I talk about honesty. Get honest with yourself. You know, we have a tendency to um, uh, decide something, and this is how it's going to be. Make the wrong decision because we really wanted it or we wanted to avoid something else, and then we cover up the facts later on. Just be honest. Uh, You might find some discomfort there. You'll work through it. Be honest. Go slow. You know, take your time, let your brain catch up with your emotions because, we, again, we have a tendency to be people that respond emotionally first. Some people mm-hmm. even champion that part of themselves. Uh, but, it's, you know, I, you know you, when we talk about uh, uh, computers, I, I have a part of there where I, I talk about emotions to the brain that are like a virus. 
you know you you we know we can do something the the program so to speak is there and we infuse it all with all this energy that disrupts the whole program and that doesn't mean you can't be emotional you can't you know show your emotions but show your get the facts first you know let your brain do its thing and then you can emote later on you're going to find that when you do that you're you're not you're not infusing your world with all this negative energy this fearful angry stuff get that out of the way um you know you start you start to work with that and you start to realize you know i'm not fearing all this stuff anymore uh you got to you got to and the other thing i tell you about tell people about loving themselves is you got to like yourself first mm-hmm. you're not going to love something you don't like you know uh, you know, I, I, that's like you know, at the end of a relationship where someone says, "Well, I, I still love you, but I'm not in love with you, and I don't like you anymore, and I want to be with you." Well, yeah. Well, once we don't like something, it's too hard to, to, to be with it. So we got to like ourselves first, and that means taking all those little components that we think don't work and working with them and facing them head on. And in the book, I give everyone all the steps to do it. It's really easy. It's not as hard as you think it is. But you just have to do the work. And you have to also recognize that working with yourself and learning to like yourself and change things is a lifetime premise. It's not something you're doing in, in those ten, 10 easy steps that some people tell you you can do. It's mm-hmm. every day of your life. And you've got to think you're worthy enough for it. Do I, am, do I think I'm worthy enough for me to work on me? If you don't start there, you, you're, you're kind of sunk. You know, that's where you start with. I'm, I'm good enough. I'm worth this. Mm-hmm. I like the example that you gave about the family member that had found that rented that space. And yeah. on the surface, many people, let's just say a hundred people didn't think 99 people didn't think of it, but he did. And so he's finding those diamonds in the rough. Have, have you found, um, what have you found to be uh, diamonds in the rough that others aren't thinking about with regards to your speaking engagements or workshops? You know, I, I find diamonds in the rough everywhere. That's, that's what people will say. Well, give me some of them, you know, and I'll go get them. I say, well, no, those are mine. <laughs> you know, that's not taking <laughs> yeah. it from you. It's just what my day unfolds like. What I tell people is look for them. Mm-hmm. You know, this man said, I can't be with my family. It's, a, you know, one of those old uh, families that always spends the holidays for 100 years. Says, it's not going to happen this year, and then he rethought it. So, it's, it's, it's sort of like if you want to help someone. You know, just don't wait to someone, for someone to come and say, I need your help. You look for that person, and you'll find them mm-hmm. everywhere. If you look for things, say, well, I'm going to do, be positive, and I'm going to look for something, I will find something almost every time I look because it's there. Mm-hmm. No one else is tapping into it. So he, this, this man took the, the – uh, What's happening? What is hurting everybody else? Gee, I can't go out and rent a hall, and and a guy who really wants to rent his hall, he really needs the money, and he said, well, let me put these two together, and this thing, this hall accommodates 200 people, and I have 40 that are coming in. Well, we have a lot of space. Set the tables aside, put families together, laugh, have a good time, and and then they they built games and whatever else they did into it. So you don't. You create the diamonds in the rough in your life depending on the situations you're in, and you look for all the options. It's the biggest thing I tell people. Look, always create options in your life. Whatever thing you do, make sure you have options. There's plan A, B, and C, and whatever. You, the diamonds are always there. They're, they're, they're with you every day. You're not using them. Mm-hmm. 
I think the term is a uh, seeking ye shall find. You got so, it. Yeah. So someone is seeking and they want to seek the Fix Yourself Handbook, how could they find that? And also you, you do the workshop speaking engagements and counseling. So, right. yeah, if you can tell us how we can get in touch with you, social media, all that would be great. Absolutely. I'm all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, all those things. Uh, you can get right to the website. The website is my name, faustrogero.com, or you can type in Fix Yourself Handbook. It'll get there. Uh, we, we provide the links to buy the book, and you'll find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the usual retailers. Mm-hmm. And with that, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And, Foss, it was a pleasure speaking with you, man. Let's stay in touch. Same here. I agree. Thank you. It was wonderful. Cheers.